Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Today we start a brand new series, and um, it couldn't be at a better time. We're starting a brand new series entitled Hashtag Prayer, Conversations with Jesus. And I've been talking with so many people. It's funny how God shifted me. We just finished up part one of the book of Acts, and uh, I was supposed to be preaching something totally different. I mean, I literally had something totally different planned. I was excited about it. I created graphics for that other thing that I was supposed to be preaching. But God didn't allow me to preach that. God says, no, 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 I got something else. I have something very important I need to share with your church. And I found out that what he wanted me to share with you all, several pastors, well-known pastors, just so happen to be sharing the same thing. And God is really, really trying to make sure that we understand the real power of the Holy Spirit. The real power of the Holy Spirit. And I've, I've, I've looked at all these different strategies like, you know, how can we grow Mosaic Church? How, how can we be more impactful in our community? What, what are the greatest strategies out there? And God was like, yeah, you've been doing it wrong the whole time. There's no strategy when you got the Holy Spirit. You want to see impact and you call upon the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inside of you has to come alive. If we read the book of Acts and and see the very first thing that happened, they stayed in a room, 120 of them, until what? The Holy Spirit came upon them. But what we're going to focus on for the next four weeks is what happened prior to the Holy Spirit coming upon them. And what happened prior to that was what? They were in the room praying without ceasing. They were there praying without ceasing. They were all on one accord seeking the Holy Spirit to come alive in them. They were in this one room praying, and that's when the Holy Spirit came upon us. Now listen, next month, September, the very first day in September, get ready. For 21 days, we are going on a blackout. And for those who are not here before, I'm telling you now, you got plenty of time to pray. We're going on a blackout. Everybody else is doing the Daniel fast or they're fasting, whatever. No, we're going to fast social media and television. All right? I'm going to make it clear because I, I had some confusion with my leadership team. I even had some confusion with my wife. You know, she's like, yeah, but can I do this? No, honey. Yeah, but what about posting for the church? Well, we're letting the world know we're on a blackout. They'll understand for 21 days they cannot see what we're doing. And I encourage other churches to join us. Because here's what I know. Food doesn't distract us from God. It doesn't. Food does not distract us from God. People, information, unnecessary information, and unnecessary entertainment takes away our time that we can be spending in the Word of God and trying to receive the very Holy Spirit that's already within us. And so I says, God, and God, I mean, he was hard on me about it. It came evident when me and my wife and I were in the bed, and I've got a tablet, and she's got a tablet, and we could be having conversation. 
and but we were, y'all got it, but we were on the tablet. <laughs> Kids were in the room. I had to pause. But we were on the tablet, and I said to myself, this is time where I can literally, let's pray together. And we did put, put our devices down, and we always pray together, at least, you know, say goodnight and pray. But that made me realize that if it's going on in my house, and I'm the shepherd of this house, then it's happening all over. We're all distracted by it. Our kids, I remember sitting there watching all of us, my whole family, we're sitting there with these electronic devices when we could be putting them down and playing Monopoly or something. Old school Uno, right? Goldfish, come on now. A good tournament of goldfish, man, that goes along. Those games can last two or three days, right? Goldfish, oh, come on. Solitaire, I declare war. All right. Y'all forgot about it because you got social media. I declare war, and you slam the car. All right. But we're going to really consecrate ourselves to really be in prayer. And over these next couple of weeks, and I won't be long today because I got some very important things I need to do. Um, over these next couple of weeks, we're going to focus our attentions on what is commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. Now, I'm just, I just want to clear this up. That is not the Lord's Prayer. Other, other people will say, well, it's the apostles' prayer, prayer because that's the, you know, when the apostles asked him, he says, well, Jesus teaches how to pray. He told them to pray this way, and that's not even their prayer. If you want to find out the prayer that Jesus prayed, you go to John, 19, John 17. That is Jesus' prayer. If you read John 17 and read him praying, that is Jesus' prayer. But what, what, what Jesus gave to us is a model to follow when we pray. And, and, and over these next couple of weeks, I'm going to show you how to do that, what you should be doing when you pray, how you should pray, and, and what you should be asking God for, what God expects from us in prayer. But before we get into all of that, we have to today begin to talk about what prayer is. I think that if we understand what prayer really is, it makes it a little bit difficult. I won't lie. When I first became a Christian, that was the hardest thing for me to do was pray. I didn't know how. I didn't know how. And, and, and then when I tried, I tried to sound like the pastor because that was the only thing I had. And then the second best thing I had was my dad who could really pray grace like nobody's business. So I prayed like I was praying grace because that's all I knew. And then eventually I began to study what, what, what God expects from us from prayer. And it's really the same thing that your spouse expects from you in conversation. It's, it's the same thing that your friend expects from you when you are having a uh, conversation. It's the same type of dialogue you would have with your neighbor. It's simple conversation where it's a give and take. That's how conversations work sometimes. Sometimes my wife is just the only one talking. But conversation requires communication from both sides. And that's exactly what God expects from us. So, so, so if you're taking notes, we're going to go right to the notes today, right through the notes. What is prayer, Pastor B? Can you tell me what, what, what is prayer? Prayer is how we connect to and with God. Prayer is how we connect to and with God. Prayer is the gateway to the supernatural. Prayer is giving heavenly license for earthly interference. When you pray, you're saying, God, right now, 
come and intercept all that's going on here on earth. God, uh, I need you to intercede on my, God, uh, I invite you into my business, although you already know it. But I'm just letting you know it's okay that you know it and you can chastise me, correct me, guide me and lead me how you see fit. Prayer is how we communicate with God on all levels of our physical and spiritual being. In fact, prayer is so important. The Bible cites more than 355 occurrences of prayer. 355 occurrences of prayer. If you read the book of Psalms, it's just nothing but prayers and songs and poems. And they're all to who? God Almighty. The largest book in the Bible is prayers, praise, songs, poems to God Almighty. Sometimes when I don't know what to pray, I just start reading Psalms. I go to Psalms. My default is Psalms 23. When I'm like, I don't got nothing. And I'm like, Holy Spirit, you know, I know you said that, that when we don't know what to pray, you will utter some things for us. And, and so, but, but right now, I just, I just need to hear something. I just go to Psalms 23, and something new in that passage comes alive to me every single time. Here's a second note I want to share with you. Prayer is not just communication or words. It's relational. Prayer is relational. Prayer, when you get down on your knees or whatever posture you take to communicate with our God, you are communicating him relationally. You are relating to him. You are becoming vulnerable. You are becoming available for him to import some things into your system. You are saying, God, I am here. Use me. You are saying, God, I am transparent. I know you already know my business, but now help me deal with it. God, I know you already know my triumphs, you know my victories, but God, I just want to let you know, thank you for allowing me to have them. When we do that, we're coming in relationship. It's like you getting a new job. You don't just keep it to yourself. You got a new gig. You don't be walking around. First thing you do, you get on the phone and call who? If you're married, you call your spouse. I got that new gig. Guess what it pays? If you're not married, who else do you call? You call your best friend. You call your kids. People you are in what? relationship with when you are hurt brokenhearted and depressed at some point many of us like to sit in a little dark room of depression by ourselves but in many cases when we come out of this gloom we call people that we are in relationship with and that's what prayer is we call on a God who are we we are in relationship with with. So prayer is not just communication with words. It is relational. You are giving earthly license for heavenly interference into your life. Prayer is, 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 is not just communication or words. It's relational. Well, well Pastor B, okay, now, now you've, you've explained what it is, but why do we do it? Why is prayer so essential in our faith? Why do we do it? First thing I want to tell you is what it's not. Prayer is not getting on your knees and saying, God, I need. Right? Because guess what? God is not genie. You know, genie in the bottle, you rub it. Genie, I need. That's not God. God, The Bible says God knows your needs before you even ask. (laughs) 
<laughs> he, he, he knows your needs before you even ask. Okay, I get that. If that's true, then why do we pray, Pastor B? I'll tell you why we pray. The very first reason, the most important reason, and I can end it with this, but I won't, is God commands it. God commands it, plain and simple. He says, pray, pray, pray. He says, pray. Watch this. His own son modeled it here on earth. Prayer was so essential. The first thing he did, and you can read all of the Gospels, and they will be the the evidence that will show you that every morning Jesus got up and he He didn't say he got up, made some biscuits, some bacon and eggs and all. He didn't eat pork anyway, but you know what I mean? It says he prayed before he did anything else, before he brushed his teeth. It says he prayed. Oftentimes he went to a quiet place to what? Pray. And if Jesus himself, the son of man, the son of God, sit here on earth for you and I prayed, how important is that to you and I to do it? He modeled it. And as Christians, are we not trying to be Christ-like? Prayer is essential. Why do we pray? Because number one, God commands it. He commands it and his son models it. Prayer invites God to interfere in our lives. Here's the the other thing I want to tell you. Prayer connects us to God's perfecting work. This is another reason why we pray. Why? Because prayer connects us to God's perfecting work. What does that mean? What does that mean? He, God's perfecting work. Do you know that on this earth while you are here, you are yet a sinner and we will make mistakes, but God is perfecting us to be who he wants us and needs us to be. Why? To give him the glory to do the things that he needs you and I to do. You all know that God can do it himself. But he chooses to use you and I in human form to do and, call and pull off the work here on earth for him. He, he, he uses us to reconcile others back unto him. Why do we pray? To be connected to God's perfecting work. If you don't pray, do you know that God can't forgive you? I'm being honest. He can. He's already done it. But until you ask for it, you won't receive it. He's seen your sin already. He's seen what you've done already, but until you ask for forgiveness, you will not receive it and you'll forever carry this heavy concrete burden called unforgiveness and guilt. Until you say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I repent of my sins. Until you do that, you are not forgiven in your own heart. This is why we want to be connected to his perfecting work. God is teaching some of us how to love for the first time. We, we thought we knew how to love outside of God, but until we realized that uh, he came and literally died for you, and I, I don't think any of us know that kind of love. I love you all, for real. I really do. But when somebody might be threatening our lives, I might think twice about jumping in front. Just saying. I love you all. I'm your pastor, but I'm not Jesus. Jesus paid the ultimate price for you and I. He died on the cross for you and I. And in that perfecting work, it is showing us how to love. What does that mean? That love is sacrificial love. That means you got to give something up for others to experience that same type of love. 
It don't necessarily mean your life. It could just mean your lifestyle. Whoa, I'm preaching this morning. In order to model that same love, we've got to be connected to his perfecting work here on earth. Let me, let me keep it moving. I'm feeling kind of good about things this morning. Prayer, my brothers and sisters, should be our first response, not our last resort. Prayer should be our first response in everything, not our last resort. In other words, we shouldn't go to God when the thing, when the cloud is already over us and the storm is coming and there's a tsunami getting ready to tear us up. No, we need to be in prayer before that happens, covered in the blood of Jesus, protected by his word and his spirit alone. We need to be praying first and not responding to what the world dishes out. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. But here's what I've learned about prayer and about Jesus. Sometimes you don't know Jesus is all you need until he's all you have. Sometimes you don't realize he's all you need until he's all you have. Your friends have left you. Mom and dad are not picking up the phone. Uh, Things don't look as good. People who say they were your best friend, your spouse, others have left you. But God was still there and is still there. Sometimes you don't know you need Jesus until he's all you have. But you don't realize he's all you need and all you have until you go to him in prayer, until you connect with him and his perfecting work here on earth. Prayer should be our first response to everything, not our last resort. Sometimes when it's our last resort, it's almost too late at that point. We need to always be constantly, the Bible says, pray without ceasing. Now, that doesn't literally mean you wake up in the morning, you pray, you're praying all day, you go to school, you're praying, you go to work, you're praying. No, it doesn't necessarily mean that, but what it means is you constantly, prayer is your lifestyle. It's not something you do at, when you first get up, at lunch, over every meal, then at night. That's very mundane, very meticulous, very planned. No, it's praying throughout the day. It's driving by somebody, seeing a car stuck on the road, saying, God, I pray that that's not a very bad situation and that that maybe they're just stopping for a break. Praying for somebody that's in need. Praying for a complete stranger. I was at Publix the other day, and the, the cashier was really, you know, she was a bit shaken up. She wasn't focused, and she's my friend. I see her all, not my friend friend, but I call her my friend because she's one of my regular cashiers, and she wears this little wrist thing. And so she's just going on and on about, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. My baby, my baby, my baby. And I says, well, and I mean, I just came from working out at the time. And so I don't look like a pastor, obviously. What does a pastor look like anyway? And so I'm looking a mess. And uh, she's going on and on. And she, the manager comes over and she's like, well, girl, you need to go. And I says, I'm not, I'm not in your business, but you're speaking publicly. And I overheard you say uh, there's something going on. What's the problem? And she said her, 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 her son had just... His girlfriend broke up with him. He was heartbroken. He called his mama saying, listen, I can't take it. It hurts. I'm about to kill myself. I says, can, and I asked Mary, I says, can, can she and I go outside just for a few minutes? I just want to pray over her right now in the name of Jesus. And she excused him. We went right outside, stood by that little ATM type of machine in front of Publix, and we prayed a very short and brief intentional prayer to God. Every time I see that woman, she's like, pastor, he doing good now. Pastor, he all right. I said, well, tell him to come to my church. We got some single ladies over there. 
Hallelujah. 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 Single men. Single men. We're going to send them this way too. Sing, send the single ladies to the single men. Connections. Amen. Listen. Here's what else I want to share with you. When we pray, we should focus on who we're praying to, not what we're saying. This is how we pray. This is how we do it. We pray on who and not what. Here's what happens. When we get stuck on what, we won't pray. Seriously. And when we get stuck on what to say, when we get stuck on uh, what posture to be in, if we get stuck on what's the best time to do it, uh, we will never do it because we spent so much time trying to figure out the how. We need to be focused on the who, who we're praying to. And when we begin to think about who we're praying to, we just do that anytime, anywhere, however. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be nice. Listen, I know we're not supposed to pray in school. And, and sometimes I'll be like, man, you know, I see a kid that's just out of hand. And I say, hey, man, come on. God, just bless this child. Protect him. Cover him. Bless him. You know, give him patience. Expand his capacity to learn something new. Give the teacher grace in Jesus' name. Come on now. Let's go. Now, if I get caught, I say, I'll apologize about it later. All they can do is tell me, hey, don't do that again. You... And I'll deal with that. Why? Because I'll risk it all for that one young man. I'll risk it all for that one young woman. Why? Because Jesus risked it all for you and I. Paul risked it all for you and I. The apostles risked it all for you and I. Why won't I pause for a minute and risk it for one child? Why won't I pause for a minute and risk it for a young lady at the job whose son called her said he's got to kill himself? I'll risk it for anybody. And we've got to do the same thing. If we're focusing on who we're praying to and not what we're saying, it don't matter what we say. We can say, yo, I'll tell you my first prayer is like, hey, God, what's up? It's me, B. I don't really know what to say, but um, thank you and uh, peace. Now, anybody in this room tell me God didn't hear that you're a liar. God was like, what up, dude? He spoke back to me, Right? You speak however, it don't matter, but just remember who you're praying to. And when you remember who you're praying to, there's a certain level of reverence, but it doesn't matter because, you know, if I'm praying to God, all things are possible for those who believe. So it don't matter what I say or how it comes out, it can come out, omni, 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 thank you, Joel. God, amen. It doesn't matter what you say or how you say it. It's who you're saying it to. He can hear. Listen, if you sit there quietly, I say it all the time. God hears your silent prayers. How do I know he hears your silent prayers? Because the Bible showed me one time where he whispered to somebody who, who climbed up on a mountain and all he could hear in the wind was a whisper from God. He didn't hear him in the earthquake. He didn't hear him in the storm. He heard him in a whisper. And if God speaks to you and I in a whisper, he can hear us when we whisper. It don't matter how you do it. Remember who you're doing it to. Remember who you're having a conversation with and just do it. How do you pray? You just do it. You say whatever you need to say to God. It's something between you and him. He knew you were coming before you decided to come. Just say it. Just speak to him. Listen. If we look at what is commonly known as the Lord's Prayer, and I'm wrapping it here so worship team, you all can come. When we look at what is commonly known as the Lord's Prayer, 
God gives us a blueprint for how we should pray. Here it is. And over these next three weeks, each week is going to be focused on these three points. Here's the first one. When we, when we look at this blueprint called the Lord's Prayer, what is commonly known as the Lord's Prayer, when we pray, we should pray with a focused desire. Let's go to that just so you can understand what I'm saying. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time. If you have your Bible, you can meet me over in Matthew 6, verse 9. Let me show you what I mean. When we pray, we should begin with a focused desire. When you pray, you should begin with a focused desire. The desire is to what? Be closer to God. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. I desire that your name is kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. I desire that heaven kisses earth soon. May your will be done. I desire that what you have in store for me overseeds and and, and just totally takes over what I may think I want to do. Your will be done. When we pray, we need to have a focused desire. Why are we praying? God, I'm focusing my attentions on you. And, 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 and listen, this model tells us that it should always start with our Father. It shouldn't be like, hey, God, it's me. Listen, check this out. I need, that's not prayer. That's genie. Hey, God, hey, God, it's me. Um, can you? That's genie. God, God, God uh, I need a favor. I know I, know I, I, know I just asked, but I, I got something else I need from, from you. That's what we do for genie in the lamp. But God is saying, let's acknowledge him. Jesus gave us the model. Our father, our daddy, padre, papi, whatever you want to call him, right? In heaven, may your name be kept holy. Soon as we open prayer by that, we are setting the bar to where we are praying. It's not about God. It's about me. It's saying it's all about you. I'm going to ask some things in a minute, but God, right now, it's all about you. May your name be kept holy. I may ask some things for myself, but in the process, I want to make sure that your name stands out higher than mine. May your name be kept holy. We are setting it up. Jesus gave us the model right there. Here's the second thing we're focusing on in this type of prayer. Watch this. When we pray, we should have an, an intentional dependence, an intentional dependence. We should pray with an intentional dependence. What does that mean? (laughs) I'm praying to you, God, because I know that I'm limited to what I can do here on earth. I know that my capacity is only as big as the earth, but yours is big as the galaxy. It's heavenly. It's much larger than that. And because of that, I'm depending solely on you to respond. I'm depending on your voice. I'm depending on your choice. I'm depending on your will. It's intentional dependence. And what does that mean? It's mean being vulnerable. I was in my most most vulnerable place that I haven't been in a long time on this Friday at this prayer meeting that lasted almost six hours. I completely yielded to God and in the process, the atmosphere. And for the first time, God blessed me with the gift of tongues. Oh, my God, you don't know. I've been praying for that for two years. Consistently, constantly. It's in my journal. If you don't believe me, I'll share just those pages. I won't share the rest because some of that would be 
about y'all. But, uh, <laughs> but two years I've been praying that God would bless me with the gift of tongues. And, and, and I know that's very Pentecostal, and it, it's okay. But it's a gift from God to have that. And I've been praying, and, and it didn't happen. And then I became totally, intentionally dependent. I was, like, desperate for it. I was like, right now, just do it. Do something crazy. Make me a true believer. And, and it happened to me in such a radical way. Why? Because I yielded to the atmosphere that was already in place. I yielded to God the authority. I became completely dependent upon him in that moment. It was like one of those moments where you have somebody stand behind you and you just fall back knowing they're going to catch you. I was just like that, but it felt more like I was on this high mountain, the highest mountain in the world, and I literally just laid back and I knew God's hands were there. That's how I felt, being at the summit of the largest mountain in the world and then just falling back knowing that I'm going to get caught. No matter if I fall 500 feet, if I get to the very bottom before I hit ground, God is going to catch me. And that's what intentional dependence feels like. No matter how deep in the muck I get, no matter how ugly it gets, no matter how far into this prayer zone I get, it's totally depending upon God. That's what this scripture tells us. That's what the, the, this, the, the, this particular uh, mo- uh, model tells us, this blueprint. Give us, watch this, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins. How many of y'all know you can't forgive yourself for your sins? Amen. You can look in the mirror all day. <laughs> Broderick, I'm sorry for causing that sin. Broderick ain't going to do nothing for Broderick. Just telling you right now. I may feel better by it, but it ain't going to do nothing for me. Only God can forgive my sins. Only God. And everybody in here is a sinner. You may not try to be. You may not want to be. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. We all are sinners. And all sin holds the same weight according to the Bible. Seriously. God, forgive us for our sins. Here's a third thing, and then, and then we're going to go ahead and pray. And then I want to do something special. Uh, are the kids on their way? Okay, awesome. We're going to do a couple things. We're going to have, um, we're going to take up uh, Lord's communion uh, today. And also I want to uh, pray for all of the children, their parents, and any teachers that are here. Um, I'm even going to, to be a real shepherd and anoint you with oil. And I'll explain what the oil means later. I know it's very, very uh, Pentecostal, but y'all will be all right. We pray for deliverance. We pray for deliverance. Forgive us our sins. And what's the next line? Huh? Deliver us. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the hands of the evil one. Keep us from that stuff. We pray for deliverance. Some of us need to be delivered from ourselves and our carnal minds from doubt, from fear, from feeling unqualified, for feeling not good enough. Some of us need to be delivered from feeling too good. Know-it-alls. Oh, I'm the stuff, if I may say so myself. You notice how that went? Me, myself, and I, we got it going on, baby. Some of us need to be delivered from lifestyle. 
Some of us need to be delivered from dependence on financial gain. We need to be delivered from bad relationships. We need to be delivered from bad friendships, jobs that are going nowhere. Deliver us from evil. For you are the kingdom. You are the power and the glory. Exclamation point, amen. So when we pray, we're praying with a focused desire, intentional dependence, and we're praying with the expectancy of deliverance. And over these next three weeks, I'm going to break that down each and every single one of those points so that when you leave here and we enter into our 21 days of prayer and fasting, the mosaic blackout, oh my goodness, by the end of that, oh, I'm, I'm afraid. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon this place like never before. I firmly believe we will have an Acts Church experience if we do this right. Are you with me? Amen. Let us worship God with some song, and then I'll be back for some prayer. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.